the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. And this is what happens when we try to take over and take matters into our own hands and and make things happen in our own strength and instead of waiting upon the Lord and depending upon the Lord and we try to force His promises to come to pass, we create a, a whole mess of problems for ourselves. It's always better to wait upon the Lord. It's always better to wait for His perfect timing instead of trying to make something happen. Waiting on the Lord's timing is hard. In today's message with Pastor Dan, you'll see that taking matters into your own hands can lead to disaster. Abraham was promised offspring, but when it wasn't happening on Sarah's timeline, she forced her maidservant upon her husband. While it's easy to see this was a bad idea, you probably acted on behalf of the Lord in ways you shouldn't have. Since waiting upon the Lord is hard, you'll need to lean upon the Holy Spirit for patience, knowing His timing is perfect. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Genesis chapter 16 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. We're going to be in Genesis chapter 16, if you want to turn there in your Bible for me, Genesis chapter 16. Now, Sarai, or Sarah, Abram's wife, had borne him no children, and she had an Egyptian maidservant whose name was Hagar. So Sarai said to Abram, see now, the Lord has restrained me from bearing children. Please go into my maid, and perhaps I shall obtain children by her. And Abram heeded the voice of Sarai. And then Sarai, Abram's wife, took Hagar, her maid, and the Egyptian, and gave her to her husband, Abram, to be his wife. And Abram had dwelt ten years in the land of Canaan. And so he went into Hagar, and she conceived. And when she saw that she had conceived, her mistress became despised in her eyes. Then Sarai said to Abram, My wrong be upon you. I gave my maid into your embrace, and when she saw that she had conceived, I became despised in her eyes. The Lord judged between you and me. And so Abram said to Sarai, Indeed, your maid is in your hand. Do to her as you please. And when Sarai dealt harshly with her, she fled from her presence. Now the angel of the Lord found her by a spring of water in the wilderness, by the spring on the way to Shur. And he said, Hagar, Sarai's maid, where have you come from and where are you going? And she said, I am fleeing from the presence of my mistress, Sarai. The angel of the Lord said to her, return to your mistress and submit yourself under her hand. 
And then the angel of the Lord said to her, I will multiply your descendants exceedingly so that they shall not be counted for multitude. And the angel of the Lord said to her, behold, you are with child and you shall bear a son and you shall call his name Ishmael because the Lord has heard your affliction. He shall be a wild man. His hand shall be against every man and every man's hand against him. And he shall dwell in the presence of all his brethren. And then she called the name of the Lord who spoke to her. You are the God who sees. For she said, have I also here seen him who sees me? And therefore the well was called Beer Laheroi. Observe, it is between Kadesh and Bered. Unless you were thinking of the other Beer Laheroi. It's not that one, it's this one. So Hagar bore Abram a son, and Abram named his son, whom Hagar bore, Ishmael. Well, in chapter 15, God repeated the promise to Abraham that he would have a child. And in chapter 15, God expanded on that promise and told Abraham that his descendants would be as numerous as the stars in the sky. But Abraham and Sarah were unsure how God would do it, and when God would do it. More importantly, when. So Sarah did what uh, many of us do when we don't like God's timing. She took matters into her own hands. She, she stepped in now, and she's going to take over and take matters into her own hands, and she produces here a scheme to help God out. Have you ever grown impatient, waiting upon the Lord, and waiting upon His timing? And have you ever taken matters into your own hands and tried to help God out? Or given God some advice on what you think He should do, and the timing of it? We've all done that. You know, it says in Romans chapter 11, verse 34, it asks the question, Who knows enough to give God advice? We all think we know enough, right, to give God advice. We've all given God advice and told him what we think he should do at times. And let me just say to you right now that, that God doesn't need our help. We need his help. But God doesn't need our help. And he doesn't need our advice and he doesn't need our counsel. And he certainly doesn't need us taking matters into our own hands to help him out like Sarah does here in chapter 16. And really, when you think about it, Sarah's actions here in chapter 16 are a lack of faith that God will fulfill his promise. You know, so now she's trying to make it happen in her in her flesh, in her own strength. And what we're going to see is Sarah's actions here create A whole series of problems for her and Abraham. And this is what happens when we try to take over and take matters into our own hands and and make things happen in our own strength. And instead of waiting upon the Lord and depending upon the Lord, and we try to force His promises to come to pass, we create a, a whole mess of problems for ourselves. It's always better to wait upon the Lord. It's always better to wait for his perfect timing instead of trying to make something happen through our own efforts. 
You know, David writes in Psalm 24, wait patiently for the Lord. Be brave and courageous, yet wait patiently for the Lord. It's interesting to me that as he's, he's encouraging us to wait patiently for the Lord, he also says, be brave and be courageous. Because sometimes waiting upon the Lord takes bravery and it takes courage to, to just wait for the Lord and to wait for the Lord to fulfill his promises. But waiting for the Lord is always better. It's always better than trying to make it happen. And your own strength and your own ability. It's always, it's always a better outcome. So again, verse 1 says, Now Sarai, or Sarah, Abram's wife, had borne him no children. She's barren. And she had an Egyptian maidservant whose name was Hagar. Abraham and Sarah acquired Hagar when they went down to Egypt. You remember that story in chapter 12? When they went down to Egypt, when they uh, had a lapse of faith, when they stopped trusting God, and Abraham took his wife Sarah down to Egypt, and then he lied about his wife Sarah and said, she's my sister. Remember that whole story? Wasn't exactly Abraham's greatest moment of faith there. And it was during that time down in, in Egypt that they acquired Hagar. And the emphasis here is that Hagar is from Egypt. She is an Egyptian. She is from Abraham's failure to trust God and live by faith. And now this scheme that Sarah comes up with involves this Egyptian from their lowest point in their life of faith. That should be a red flag right there. Really, you're, you're, you're going to use something, your scheme involves someone from Egypt? From when you went down to Egypt, really? But this is the plan now. So Sarai said to Abram, see now, the Lord has restrained me from bearing children. She, know, she knows that the Lord is the one who gives children and restrains, and that the Lord has restrained her from bearing children. So she says, please go into my maid, perhaps... I shall obtain children by her. And Abram heeded the voice of Sarah. So this was entirely Sarah's idea. And her suggestion here, it, it, you know, it's a little shocking to us. It seems inappropriate or uh, immoral uh, to us. But uh, what, what she suggests was actually keeping with the customs and the laws of that time. I know that might be hard to believe, but in the ancient Near East, having children was of the utmost importance. You know, having an heir and having a family, especially to nomadic people like Abraham. And so if a wife was unable to have children, according to the custom, according to the law, she was obligated to provide her husband with a surrogate wife. For childbirth. She was obligated. It was her responsibility, if she was unable to have children, to then provide another wife for her husband to have children with. In fact, archaeologists have found uh, marriage contracts from that time, from that period, uh, what we would probably call prenuptial agreements. 
that actually state, where the wife states in the contract uh, that if she does not provide children for her husband in a certain amount of time, like two years, that she will then provide another wife for her husband to bear children on her behalf. So, so what Sarah suggests here, it's, it's totally normal for the culture. It's accepted. It's, it's legal in that time. It's not something immoral according to the culture. But it wasn't God's plan. You're listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton of Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City, Maryland. We'll return to the second half of today's message in a moment. But first, here's a word from Pastor Dan. It's my privilege to share the Word of God with you through our radio ministry, Ring of Truth. Thank you for tuning in each day. Hey, I would love to hear from you. Will you take a moment to email me to tell me how these daily studies have ministered to you? I want to hear your story. You can email me through our website at calvaryec.com. That's calvaryec.com. Thanks, Pastor Dan. Now let's join him again for the conclusion of today's edition of Ring of Truth. This isn't how God's going to fulfill his plan. You know, sometimes something that is common or accepted by the culture well, that doesn't mean it's God's plan for you just because it's normal or culturally accepted or legal. It's important for us to seek the Lord. It's important for us to pray and ask God for, for guidance because just because the culture says, hey, this is how you handle this, may not be the way God wants us to handle it. But notice here that Abram heeded the voice of Sarah. Abram obeyed Sarah. You know, the same wording is used here for Abram that was used of Adam when Eve ate of the forbidden fruit and then she gave some of the fruit to her husband. Genesis 3.17 says, Adam heeded the voice of his wife. And here, Abram heeded the voice of his wife, Sarah. So I think it's obvious what the real issue is here, right? It's listening to your wife, right? (laughs) I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. No. (laughs) You know what the real issue is? The real issue is Abram is passive. Just as Adam was passive. He was a passive husband with Eve. You know, God, God expects the husband to lead the family spiritually If you think about the story of Abraham and Sarah, you know, Sarah was certainly part of a partner in the call that God has placed on their life as a couple and as a family. But if you think about it, God spoke to Abram about this. God revealed the plan to Abram, not Sarah. God communicated to all of it to Abram because God expects Abram to lead his family in fulfilling God's call on his family and God's plan for his family. Just as God expects every husband to lead his family and fulfilling God's call on his family. Yes, the wife is part of it. Yes, the children are part of it. It's the, whole, the whole family's called to it. But God looks to the husband to be the point person on it. And to take the lead. And to lead his family into following 
God's plan for them. But here, Abram passively heeds the voice of Sarah when she suggests something that overrules the will of God and shortcuts God's plan. She's just trying to shortcut God's plan. she's, She's frustrated waiting upon God to fulfill this promise. And she makes this suggestion and Abram just goes along with it and agrees to it. Doesn't pray, doesn't say, hey, maybe we should pray about this. Doesn't seek the Lord. He just goes along with it. I want to be clear here. That is not to say that a husband should never listen to his wife. When we get to Genesis chapter 21, uh, Abraham in Genesis 21, he's not following God's will. His wife, Sarah, tells him what he should do. And he still doesn't, he doesn't listen to his wife then. He doesn't take action. And so God says to Abraham, you should do what your wife is telling you to do. Listen to the voice of your wife. But here, in this case, Sarah suggests a solution that's not God's will. And Abraham, as, as the leader, he just, he goes along with it. Again, he's not praying, he's not seeking the Lord. He's not saying, well, let's see what the Lord says about this or I, I don't know. God said he's going to provide a child for us. I don't, this, this seems kind of out of bounds. He, he just goes along with it. He's passive. He's passive. Passivity in a husband goes all the way back to Adam. It is part of our Adamic nature as men and as husbands to be passive in the marriage. And that's a whole other sermon for a whole other time. So verse 3, then Sarah, Abram's wife, took Hagar, her maid, the Egyptian. Again, she's an Egyptian. And gave her to her husband Abram to, notice, to be his wife. So she's considered his wife here. Be his wife. After Abram had dwelt ten years in the land of Canaan. So Hagar is referred to as Abram's wife. Now, uh, you know, God, God does not condone polygamy. You find polygamy in the Bible, but God does not uh, condone it. It's, it was part of the culture. It's accepted in the culture. There are things in our culture today that are acceptable by our culture standard that are unacceptable to God. Our standard is the word of God, not the culture. This was a sin against God's design for marriage. God's design for marriage is one man and one woman coming together as one flesh. This is a sin against that, against God's design. As you go through the volume of the book, when you see polygamy, when you see a man that has multiple wives, it never goes well. It never goes well. Uh, in the Bible. That, that relationship is usually surrounded with strife and trouble in the Bible. So, verse 4, Abram went into Hagar, and she conceived, and when she saw that she had conceived, her mistress became despised in her eyes. So, no surprise here, this pregnancy now creates tension in the home between Sarah and Hagar. Hagar despised Sarah. And now it's, you know, it's obvious that the reason that Abraham and Sarah have not been able to have children is because of Sarah and not Abraham. And so it creates, it creates tension in the home. So watch what Sarah does in verse 5. I love this. This is, so, you know, it's like, you know, it's, this, is such a, this is such a marriage here. Then Sarah said to Abram, my wrong be upon you. 
I gave my maid into your embrace, and when she saw that she had conceived, I became despised in her eyes. The Lord judged between me and you. This was Sarah's idea. Abraham just went along with it, and now Sarah's angry with her husband and says, this is all your fault. (laughs) Isn't that great? (laughs) She blames Abraham for the whole situation. And I'm sure Abraham thought, how is this my fault? This was your idea. He didn't say that, but he thought that, right? He was too afraid to say that out loud, but he's thinking that. (laughs) Ever make a bad decision and then blame someone else? Ever make a bad decision and then get frustrated with yourself, but then you act frustrated towards someone else and blame them for your stupidity? Ever have your spouse say to you, you're not mad at me, you're mad at yourself. If you're married, you've done this. Sarah blamed Abram for her bad idea. My wrong be upon you. We've all done that. We've all been in that. You know, you know what works better than taking out your frustration on someone else or blaming someone else for your own bad idea? Humbling yourself, admitting you made a mistake, asking forgiveness. It works so much better than getting frustrated, blaming others. Sarah doesn't do that. She doesn't humbly go to her husband and say, I was wrong. I realize now this was, a, this was the wrong thing to do. This was a bad idea. I've made a mess of our family. Please forgive me. How can we work through this together? Instead, she blames Abram. And look at Abram's response. Classic husband here. So Abram said to Sarah, Indeed, your maid is in your hands. Do to her as you please. Abram says, she's your maidservant. Do whatever you want with her. Abraham doesn't try to fix the problems in his household. Instead, he puts it back on his wife and tells her to do whatever she wants. You deal with it. I'm not getting involved. You just deal with it. So Sarah's idea to give Hagar to Abraham was a mistake. Abraham's going along with this idea was a mistake. Sarah taking out her frustration on her husband and blaming him was a mistake. And Abraham's refusal to help resolve the problems in his own household was a mistake. And all these mistakes are just spinning up the tension in the house. It's just amping it up. And since her husband refused to help fix the problem in the household, Sarah turns her frustration on Hagar. And the end of verse 6 says, Sarah dealt harshly with Hagar. And the word here it means she, she tormented her. One commentator wrote, Sarah sinned in dealing cruelly with her Egyptian maid, and Abraham sinned in allowing her to do so. He's got all this strife in his home and he's just letting it go on. He's not addressing it. He's not intervening. As the spiritual leader of the home, as the husband, as the man, as, you know, he's not stepping into this. He's just avoiding it, allowing it just to continue in his home. And we don't know how long Sarah tormented Hagar, but at the end of verse 6, it says that Hagar eventually fled from her presence. She leaves. Hagar leaves. She tries to run away from this problem. Things get so bad at home, she tries to run away to escape it. 
You've been listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton as he teaches verse by verse through the book of Genesis. This Old Testament book of history and the start of what God created teaches you much about God's plan for the future. We hope you'll continue to tune in for Pastor Dan's studies. If you ever have any questions about what you've heard or would like someone to pray with, would you give us a call? You can reach us by calling 410-491-4592. Once again, that number is 410-491-4592. You can also fill out the prayer request form at calvaryec.com. Just click on the Connect tab to access it. We'd love to meet you in person, too. If you're in Columbia, Maryland, please join us this weekend for worship and studying Scripture together at Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City. There will be time to meet your brothers and sisters in Christ, too, and to spend time in prayer. We look forward to sharing this time of worship together with you. You'll find service times and directions at our website, calvaryec.com. While you're there, be sure to check out additional teachings from the Bible. And don't forget to subscribe to our podcast. Once more, that's calvaryec.com. That's all we have time for today. There's much more to gain through this study through the book of Genesis. So be sure to join us next time on Ring of Truth. J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.